0: All right, guys, haven't seen you in a while, but we are back, and I want to start a new series on uh, the teaching of the scriptures. Matter of fact, the whole Bible, and who knows how long that will take, but we're going to be starting from the book of Genesis. So what I want to do is I want to, I want to pace myself. I don't want to set any particular uh, time. Um, that I want to allot to any particular video except for about 30 minutes of time. So we want to make each video for about 30 minutes or more of time. Not much more than that. But I don't want to um, set a certain amount of material that I want to cover because usually I do set a certain amount of material and it always presses me for time. And a lot of times I'll skip over or I'll forget to cover certain things that I would normally cover. So this will be a little bit different. I'm going to be a little more relaxed if I can. And I'm going to be teaching uh, from the very beginning of all of the scriptures, book of Genesis. And we're going to cover that. And, and you know what guys, I kinda, I struggle with how I wanted to do that because I didn't want to bore you out But at the same time, I wanted to give you a firm grasp of the scriptures. And I realized that you really don't find it everywhere. So I'm sympathetic to that, that you can't just, especially in churches nowadays, you go in your church, you really don't cover the scriptures in a systematic and a thorough way. You know, we know what Sunday school and all that type of foolishness is like anyway, when everybody has an opinion about this and that. That's not what we're going to do in this particular teaching. We're going to come to you with a very solid, uh, biblical and systematic teaching of the Bible. And the best way to teach the scripture is literally as you would with any other book. You start at the beginning and the beginning of all things is the book of Genesis. So that's where we're going to start. And that's what we're going to do. I'm not going to set a certain amount of material that I want to cover wherever I stop. That's why I stop and I'll pick up with that on the next video. But I'm going to endeavor to do my best not to. I don't want to bore you, but I do want to be as thorough as possible so that you will get a very good understanding of the scriptures. All right. Okay. Now, I got a couple of things in my notes that I want to discuss. So let me talk about a few preliminary things and then we'll get to the book of Genesis today. And I doubt we'll cover much more than verse one or maybe up to verse number three. But like I said, we're not going to worry about it. So let me just get to the uh, some issues that I want to talk about in my notes first and then we'll go to the book of Genesis. All right. Number one, why do I want to do this particular study? Why start this particular study? It's because oftentimes I see a, people often want to just turn to the Bible and turn to some random book in the Bible to some random chapter in the Bible and pull something out and, and begin a discussion in that. You, you can't understand the Bible that way, that's not a good way to study the Bible. Number two, just picking something out in random. And number three, in the very portion of the Bible that you may be picking something out, you may not be understanding it properly. And if you don't understand it properly, you can't teach it properly. Or in other words, when understanding the Bible, these are the things that you got to understand in, in a rudimentary fashion. Who wrote the book? Why did he write the book? To whom was the book written to? And if possible, if possible with that understanding, did the book or books cover a particular people could be Jews and not even referring to Gentiles. And many of you watching probably are Gentiles. So, It could be written to the Jews expressly for the Jews. Say, for instance, the Sabbath day. That's just one thing that I'll give you guys in the aside. And what do you mean? The Sabbath day was never given to Gentiles. The Sabbath day was never given to the church. So therefore, the church never acknowledges the Sabbath day in the sense of observing the Sabbath day for a special time to worship. So that's why you need to understand the Bible and how it was written, to whom it was written and the time that it was written. And and especially as far as the uh, whether or not those particular issues that the Bible is talking about are relevant for today. So that's why we study the Bible in this way that we're starting to study. So that's number one. Number two, the Bible. Just what is the Bible itself? And so, which is tell us why it's so important to study the Bible in the first place. The Bible is God's own self-revelation of his plan of redemption from creation to creation. And I I know, I said a mouthful in that statement as it is. Okay, what is the Bible? The Bible is God's self-revelation. It is not a book that man has authored in the sense that it comes from man. And therefore it comes from the imagination and the creativity of man. Hmm. The Bible is God's self revelation. That's, that's why we say the only thing that we can know about God is what God himself reveals. So if God doesn't reveal himself to us, we would know absolutely nothing about him except for the things that we can see in creation. You got it. So creation would have to be our teacher, but the Bible, the word of God comes as a revelation from God himself. So that, or or in other words, God's self disclosure, he tells you who he is how he thinks about certain matters, how he responds to certain matters and on and on and on. So it is God's self-revelation, but it is a particular self-revelation. It not only tells you about God. Yes, it does all of that. But it is a peculiar one in the sense that it reveals God's plan of redemption. That is God's plan. And we know and and all of that comes out in the scripture that God's plan of redemption actually did not have a point of coming into being. It existed with God himself. And let's not get into that discussion. (laughs) But anyway, so it is the plan of God's redemption, how God brings brings his creation his full creation into fellowship with himself and that's why i said it is god's plan it is his his revealed plan of redemption from creation to creation and what do i mean by from creation to creation what the bible is going to teach us is there are going to be there are going to be two creations two and when you say creations that literally means the creation of the universe itself. All right? And we don't want to get into all of those particular details right now. We'll talk about some of those things, some of those things at length when we get to it. But the point that I'm trying to make is it is the revelation of God from the point of his original creation that creation will be done away with. And there will be a new creation. So everything in between, what is the function of the scriptures to teach you how God is going to redeem all of creation, the creation that failed unto the new creation that will never fail again. Or we call that the eternal order. All right. OK, good. All right. So now. Let's talk about a couple of more uh, issues before we actually get into Genesis. Like I told you guys, we're probably going to get into only like Genesis one and one today. The name of the book, the name of the book in English is Genesis. However, the original name or we can basically say the Hebrew name. And I'm not going all the way back to the very, very, very first name. But the Hebrew name for the book is Bereshith. And Bereshith, basic. and you'll see that very commonly in the uh, Hebrew names of the Old Testament books of the Bible. Because Bereshith is the first Hebrew word for the book of Genesis. And the first Hebrew word again is Bereshith. And it simply means in the beginning. And from that term of in the beginning, Bereshith, We got a Greek derivative of that, geneseos, and and some of these things I might drop later on in the video if I think it'll be helpful for you, but it's just good to kind of know it anyway. But geneseos, and that's basically from the Greek derivative of the idea of in the beginning, you got it? And from geneseos, we get our English name for the Bible, which you got it, is Genesis right? So that's where our name comes from. Now, the author of the book of Genesis, and let me spend a couple of moments in talking about this. Oftentimes you hear that Moses was the author of the book of Genesis. Kind of true, kind of true, but, but what they mean is this, what they mean is this. Now, Moses did not write the book of Genesis. That is, God did not directly reveal to Moses the words of the book of Genesis and then Moses wrote as God was revealing it. And that's basically what we see, like with the letters of, say, for instance, the apostle Paul or whatever, or basically any other, basically, basically any other writing in the book of the Bible that God reveals his word to the author and the author, basically what he writes down the words of God and it becomes scripture. Okay. So that's the basic idea, but to have the proper understanding of all of scripture, you know, whether it's directly revealed or what, and this is what I'm talking about now, guys is, that the bible the scriptures are superintended by the holy spirit so let me explain what that means when we say that something is superintended by the holy spirit we simply means that whether god the holy spirit speaks directly to the writer and he he writes the scriptures or or the whole idea of superintended is God is involved in the overall process of the development of the scriptures. And that's basically the idea of what's going on with the totality of the Bible. God himself is what super he he he, he's watching over and directing the process in the entirety. All right. And that brings me back to the book of Genesis. That's why that's why we had to bring out that particular point about God's superintending, because Moses is not the actual writer of the book of Genesis. In other words, God did not directly reveal the words of Genesis to Moses. And he wrote Moses is a compiler of the book of Genesis. All right. And so we're going to take our time. However far we get, we'll get. But I think we'll probably cut this off in about 30 minutes or so, guys. And always remember, there's nothing wrong with replaying a video in order for, for it to sink in. Sometimes you have to listen to it two or three times. So if you really want to get a good understanding of the scriptures, you have to invest something of yourself and something of your own time. Okay. All right. But here we're talking about Moses being a compiler. That's where we are. So we're going again. What are we saying? That Moses did not write the words of Genesis. What he did was he collected the documents through what we call oral. That is through mouth. That which was carried on from person to person through word of mouth. Okay. From oral and written tradition. From oral and written tradition, Moses compiled together the writings that we find in the book of Genesis. And those writings, and, and that's when, we, and we'll see that, and and I'll talk about that as we get to it. There's a word called Toldoth, and I've heard some people call the word Toldoth, Toldoth or Toldoth, and basically the idea behind that is when it says you you'll see that is toldoth these are the generations of okay and and, and that's what that, that when we translate that particular hebrew word toldoth these are the generations of that's what's going on right there moses was a compiler for the book of genesis and so what we mean is What Moses actually did was this. He took, first of all, he gave through the oral and written traditions that he received, and also through what the superintendent of God, the Holy Spirit is is over all of this process. He gave us basically a summary, and we'll see that chapters one through chapters two, verse three, he basically gave a summary. And then after he gave a summary of the book of Genesis, he began to write these things called told off. And you will see that in uh what is it? in chapter 2 verse 4. Let me just go to it right quick, guys, because I want to be exact. 2 verse 4. That's right. It says where well, this is the account of the heavens and the earth. Actually, the word in Hebrew says ele told. Off. So that's where we get that whole idea. So what Moses did was this, he took 11 documents and these 11 documents are referred to as told off. And when we actually translated it, we just simply said, this is the account of, or these are the generations of, and that these are those particular headings that you see in the book of Genesis and what they indicate for us is is that Moses took these eleven. He, he, he first he provided us a summary all right chapter 1 and then he took those 11 documents referred to as told and he combined these 11 documents all together he combined them all together and he they had a chronological order to it okay and these combining of these 11 chronological documents told off these became the book of genesis and moses basically just took all of that information and put it together and presented that as a part of what we now call the pentateuch Or sometimes it's referred to as the Torah or the first five books of the Bible. So to rehash, Moses only wrote starting in the book of Exodus, from Exodus to the book of Deuteronomy, with the exception of the last chapter of his death. That's what Moses was actually given from God directly. And he wrote. But the rest of it primarily the book of Genesis as a whole and the last chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, Moses did not write. OK, but with respect to the book of Genesis, what we're talking about today, he compiled those documents through the 11 told off and the oral tradition. All of this being guided by the superintendent, the Holy Spirit, superintending the process Of how he was doing all of these things. Therefore, the book of Genesis rightly becomes a part of what we call the word of God. You got it. Okay. so that's one. All right. So now let's get to our next point. So we got the name of the book. We got the author of the book. Let's talk about the period of the book the book of genesis covers a period of about and we're not trying to be precise here of about 2300 years 2300 years beginning uh, um, uh with year zero when we say year zero that means the day of the adamite creation the day of that notice i said the day of the adamite creation now you'll see why that's important when we actually get into uh, commenting on the text of Genesis chapter 1, okay? The day of the Adamite creation. So that's basically from year 0 all the way up to roughly about 2300, all right? And that period covers basically, and this is how it breaks down. The vast majority of time covers from Genesis chapter 1 up to Genesis chapter 11. And that covers a period of about, of about, Twenty one hundred years of about twenty one hundred years. So the vast amount of time is covered in the fewer amount of chapters, chapters one through eleven. Now, when we hit chapters twelve through uh, the, to the rest of Genesis in chapter 50, you're only talking about a, a little bit less than 200 years. So that vast amount of Genesis only covers a short amount of time. And we can divide this period. We can divide this period. So, so that that's okay. We can let's do a little teaching. We got about ten more minutes, and then we're gonna kick. We're gonna quit. And we can divide this into. Uh, we can look at it from two different time periods, and that's basically. We can look at it. I'm, I'm sorry, that word is not time period. Two different manners. We can look at it in a structural sense. From the geographic, that means the area, the geographic sense of how Genesis is subdivided. And geographically, we can see Genesis basically in the Mesopotamian area, Mesopotamian era, and the Mesopotamian era basically is the era of what we would call the Babylonian era, the the area. That's literally what I'm talking about. That particular section All right. We can see that in the Babylonian section. Basically, we see that in the that's why I like to call it Mesopotamia. And that's when you start seeing the basic where God originally put man in the Garden of Eden. That's the Mesopotamian area. Okay, And we can see that in the uh, uh, Genesis covers from Mesopotamia to Haran. And we'll we'll see those particular things when we talk about the travels of the. People of God from Mesopotamia to Haran, and then we see them in the Promised Land, that is the land of Canaan, which we know will later on become the land of Israel. And finally, we'll see uh, Genesis takes place in Egypt. So it's basically, basically, three different areas. You got it, Mesopotamia, Babylon. All right, Haran. Right, basically dealing with the Promised Land area, and then we finally see Egypt. All right, that's enough of that. All right, so now let's talk about the theme of Genesis. The theme of Genesis is a very basic theme. It's a theme that had, deals with blessings and cursings, and we see that early on in the creation. The creation itself deals with the principle of blessing. It is a blessing from God. You got it? Because notice when God got through with everything, notice what the Bible said, God blessed, like the blessed the seventh day. You see what I'm talking about? So God's blessings. And we also see this same principle idea in the book of Genesis concerning blessings with respect to how people react to God. That is blessings for obedience. If you are obedient to God, you will be blessed. And notice we'll see that same idea when it comes to Adam. When God sets Adam in the garden, gives him a command, and that and, and God that of course the expectation is for obedience. And if he obeys the command of God, then he would be one day allowed to take from the tree of life. You got it. That was also in the garden. That's a, a little premature, but just to make you see what I'm talking about. But it, so if he had obeyed, he would and he would have been blessed and allowed to eat from the tree of life. So we see that with Adam. and then we also see the same thing with cursing because of disobedience. And that's just the other side of the coin of what Adam did. We see that also that issue of Blessing and cursing in the book of Genesis when we deal with the patriarchs, because as we move through the book of Genesis, we're going to see individual people. The, 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 it has a wonderful structure. We will see it begin to to talk about. Just for an example, we'll see the structure of Genesis talking about the creation of the world. Then we'll see humanity at large. Then we'll begin to see the the, the distinction of that seed line. We'll talk about all of these things as we work through the book of Genesis. And then we we'll begin, to begin to see the development of of nations and as we begin to see the development of nations things go on and they begin to expand and expand expand. but anyway that's enough i'm babbling let me go back because i was talking about what guys the blessing and the cursing and then that's the reason why i kind of took that off that went on that little tangent because we begin to see certain men and these men we refer to as the patriarchs who are the 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 patriarchs Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And what do we see? As people interact, they have to do with the patriarchs. We see again this principle of blessing and cursing because how, remember Genesis chapter 12. However, people deal with the patriarchs, what happens? They'll be blessed. So if they deal well and good with Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob, we'll find out that these people are blessed. But if they don't do right or deal well with the patriarchs, what do we see again? The principle of cursing. Remember the Pharaoh, how he dealt with Abraham. Remember Abimelech, how he dealt with Abraham and notice, and and the people talking about the Philistines with Isaac and how they dealt with Isaac. And the whole, how, again, another one, and I'm going kind of fast, I'm going to slow it down. And again, Jacob, remember Laban and how he dealt with Jacob, the whole point is, you will see this in the book of Genesis, the principle of blessing and cursing as it relates to how people deal with the patriarchs. And these are the people through whom God is using to transmit his blessing of salvation, okay, all right, and we'll also see with the development of that, with how they how blessing and cursing. This is my final point on that, guys, and how people begin to deal with Jacob and his seed, his sons, because they become what they become the the uh, 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 the seminal that's from where the nation of Israel come. You got it, and so we see, therefore how you deal with jacob and his children israel we see god blessing or we see god cursing and that becomes a principle a principle of how what we're going to see as we move when moses god gives moses the law that how god will deal with the nations concerning israel And even and let me just take an aside right now, guys, this is just a little aside to to give you some teaching today. That's why we want to be careful how we treat the nation of Israel, because those principles are still in effect. God will bless the people, namely Gentiles, Gentile nations or even Gentile individuals. So I hope you guys caught that. God will bless people, nations, individuals who bless the Jewish people. And God will curse or God will act negatively if you do things contrary or hurtful to the Jewish people. And we see that all throughout the history, not only of scripture, but even the history of the world itself. And for that reason, we should be very mindful. I I pray our country is mindful. Our president is mindful of how you deal with the Jewish people, the Jewish nation. Okay, okay, that's enough of that. I'm almost out of time. Let, Let me cover a few more points. We won't get to Genesis, so we're just gonna call this first shot what? An intro to Genesis, how about that? All right, so we talked about the theme of blessing and cursing that you see. The style of Genesis. And when we say the style, basically how the book is written, the style of Genesis is basically historical as well as biographical. Or we can even say historical slash biographical. So it's two things. From the historical point of view, Genesis teaches us basically what's going on in the history of the world, how the world began and what happened. What went on in the history of mankind, how mankind started and went on down the history of the Jewish people. And that's basically what is really zeroing in on the history of the Jewish people. Okay, All right. So that's that. And let me talk about how it's biographical because it deals biographically because notice you'll see a lot of time these are when talking about these toledos the generations we see the lineage of certain people namely okay i'm slowing it down i'm slowing down the lineages of certain people but what genesis is concentrating on is the lineage of the seed itself you got it? That is the lineage of Jesus. So Genesis, so what you'll find in Genesis is it'll talk about the lineage of, say, Francis, uh, of Ishmael or of Esau. And then it will dispense with it. It'll dispense with it. Why? Because Genesis is not concerned with the lineage of Esau's in so much, in, in, in so much as it is the whole of the book. You understand what I'm saying? Is concerned about the lineage through whom the Messiah should come through and the chosen people. All right. And I'm and I'm going to try to get back to that particular idea later on before I close this particular video. So that's basically what it's talking about. So biographically, we deal with we see this thing reflected in the lineages in particular, how Genesis is biographical. It talks about certain men namely Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. So that's where the biography we see of Genesis being built up on. All right? All right. And purpose, that's be our last point. The purpose of Genesis. Purpose of Genesis is basically in a nutshell what it what the word says. It gives origin, the origin for the creation of the universe uh, it gives several origins. The origin for mankind, the origin for sin, the origin for redemption, the origin for a chosen man, the origin for blessing itself, the origin for redemption, the origin for a chosen nation. That is the nation of Israel. So it is a book of origins. So that's basically the purpose that Genesis sets down for. It sets down an origin and in particular it sets down the history of the jewish people all right all right this is my last point i'm going to make concerning our intro to the book of genesis you hear a lot uh, uh, things said about the history of the jewish people we have to be very careful be ever so careful because a lot of times you see so much anti-semitism and so much the, the 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 hatred the the jealousy and the disregard for the Jewish people. It makes me kind of glad that I decided to study the book of Genesis in this fashion that I am. And this is what I, this is the only thing I want to say. Don't ever be anti-Semitic what the book of Genesis reveals. And you're going to see this as we move on. So I just guess I'll give you a little, a little piece of candy before we get there. The reason why God chose the Jewish people, was that God? they became God's vehicle for bringing redemption into the world. That's it. It doesn't mean that they are more special than anybody else, that God loves them more than anybody else. It doesn't mean that at all. That's the very idea and principle of election. Election simply means chosen of God. But here's the question. Chosen of God for what? for what God, God didn't just simply choose because he wasn't wasn't doing anything else because blah, blah, blah. No, 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 he had a purpose. And so what you're going to find out, the Lord said, saying is that when God chose the Jewish people, it is because God was trying to make, not so much as make I'm speaking in human terms, okay? But God was solidifying his plan of redemption to make absolutely certain that he would bring salvation into this world so that certain, some of us, so that mankind would be able to be saved. And so therefore he chose the Jewish people as his vehicle to make certain that the knowledge of God, that who he is would be continually preserved and transmitted in a world that hated him, that had forsaken him, and that had turned away from him. And God, in choosing the Jewish people, he mercifully, he kept his word into this world. He kept the knowledge of himself into this world. He kept the vehicle of salvation into this world so that we might be able one day to be saved through the messiah jesus christ and how did god keep all of that he chose a man abraham he chose his people the jewish people for the preservation of all of these things never forget what did god say to abraham when he called him and when he chose him god told him leave your family, leave your people, go to a land. He said, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna make your name great. Now, but here's the clincher of everything. Why did he choose Abraham? Why did he choose the Jewish people? Why? So that all the families of the earth will be blessed. You see, it's not a blessing for the Jewish people. They will be blessed indeed. But what is the whole purpose that God choose them? Because God had his mind not simply on Jews. He had his mind on all of us. And they were God's priests. They were God's vehicle so that this salvation would be brought into and enjoyed by all the world. All right. All right, guys, that's enough of that. But now at least we got our intro to the book of Genesis. And the next time we come back with our next video, we're going to start in Genesis chapter one. See you next time.